Hello! Welcome to a brand new episode of the Shellheads podcast. Uh, we are a TMNT podcast, uh, as always. Uh, my name is Sergio. I'm your host. Uh, your host, <laughs> your other host, Jeff, is with us as well. Hi. How goes it, Jeff, it my man? It goes? That, that was weird. <laughs> No, like I always introduce you as the other host. Like it's not like here's Jeff contributor. It's you're always the other host. So I was trying to get clever with it, and I guess it didn't. It just didn't work. Ah, uh, well, there's always next time. That's true. Uh, <laughs> I hope all of you are uh, are, are ready because we have a, s- a special episode for you where all we cover is San Diego Comic Con news. That's it. That's the just whole episode. ninety minutes of San Diego Comic Con news. Get ready. That was a joke. We're, that's not what we're doing. We do have a topic, uh, but we'll get to that. Um, how's your week been? Uh, it's it's not been bad. Uh, it started off with some unexpected, an unexpected thing that happened uh, that kind of hit me pretty hard. Um, but we'll get to that in the news. Okay. All right. That's a good point. Good point. Uh, well, then, I guess without further ado, let's just jump into the to the the uh, the agenda uh, that we have for today's episode. It's time to see what's in Sergio's books. Dun, 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 dun. OK, cool. Don't don't play the music for the week and just let that be that. <laughs> I've, I've edited that music into the, the show so many times that that's just what plays in my brain now. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I got some stuff in the mail, Jeff. Did you? I did. I did. Uh, first, first, I, no, or yeah, first I got was a couple of best action figures or, you know, from the loyal subjects. Mm-hmm. And we talked about these months ago. And my idiot self pre-ordered them. They're the ones that come with the IDW best of comic books. Mm-hmm. It's like the comic and then a figure that was based on the original comic that, yeah, like they're Walmart exclusives. They're 30 bucks a piece, which per, per turtle per turtle. And it's only two. They've only released two of the turtles. Okay. Uh, Raphael and Leonardo. Both of them came in the same box. Uh, it was it was fine. They they looked exactly as I expected them to look. Uh, and I put them on my you know my little you know display shelf, and I'm like, eh, we'll, we'll rotate these into the you know the display. And I immediately was like, these don't bring me joy <laughs> in any way. Uh, like no. I already have the comic books. I already have. Two different versions of this sculpt. I'm taking these back. So I immediately returned them. I mean, you don't have to buy all of the things. But I want to, man. I know you do. I know you do. Like, if I had infinite money and infinite space, that's exactly, like, God. yeah, that's that's what my life would be. Yeah. Just just all the turtle stuff. But, yeah, I returned them, uh, got my 60-some-odd bucks back, and it felt really good about that. Getting money back is good, especially right now. Yeah. Uh, and then within 48 hours, I got another package in the mail with something that does bring me joy. So that's fantastic. Okay. Uh, it was directly from NECA. Uh, it was the Neutrinos ah. and Usagi Ojimbo. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. And all of those figures are absolutely wonderful. Yeah. I Just missed out on the pre-order for Usagi. So top to bottom. Be... They're fantastic. On the hunt for me. So. Yeah. Uh, and and the just as someone who checks the shelves constantly, figures are starting to warm shelves. So can you would, expand on that? But when I say they're warming shelves it means that they're actually sitting there for a while. No, I know. But like, is it just anything? Is it stuff that's, you know, been gone for a while? Mm, not, no, not necessarily. Like no. it is, it is new, like newer stuff that uh, is sitting on shelves. Mm-hmm. But it's actually sitting there. Usually it would be there for like a day, three at max, and then, you know, they'd be bought and gone. Uh, now the last five times I've been in Target, it's been the same six figures. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so I think we're finally past the swell. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Uh, and, yeah, th- those those figures are great. Um, I, I do have some more coming in the mail that I'll, we'll talk about next time. Yeah. Uh, I also have some that are that is going to have quite a story on how I got them, but we'll get to that in a in a, in a future episode. Ooh, interested. Uh, I, and I know that news is our next sec. Spoiler alert: news is next. But I do want to point out that for some reason, costumes.com is now carrying NECA figures. What? Like legit carrying them like during the holothon a few months ago i guess neca owns costumes.com or they have an agreement or something a lot of the holothon stuff could be purchased on costumes.com to for international delivery well Mm. right now you can buy neca action figures through costumes.com to ship them domestically huh yeah yeah and like there's as of yesterday when I checked it, there were still a lot available. That's like crazy. A lot of Turtles two packs, uh, a, a lot of stuff that was part of the Holothon. Uh, they even had some really rare stuff that I, I missed out on that I, I didn't have, like the the, the original um, cartoon colored uh, Leonardo and Donatello two pack mm-hmm. that is going for like a hundred something dollars. They just had some in stock just a few days ago now they're out of stock now but if you're looking to fill some holes check out costumes.com apparently you might find what you need it's crazy yeah uh but that's that's all that's in sergio's box what's next sorry i'm flipping i'm i'm taking your advice and looking at their website like holy cow (laughs) right it's it's bonkers Hey, and and if Rust doesn't have like an AD Shredder's helmet, latex mask, hey, twenty five bucks, buddy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's in the costume section, though. That's that's. that's oh no! Just type in Ninja Turtles figures, and all that crap comes up. Oh yeah. They got the freaking foot soldiers. What? Mm-hmm. Wait, I don't have those guys. Yeah, it's it's weird, man. That much. Hey, they even have David Carradine. Huh. Ninja. <laughs> oh, dude, the the uh, the musical mutagen tour figures are there. Uh huh. That's crazy. Yeah, folks, it's, it's, don't don't tell anybody about this. It's it's like they stumbled <laughs> upon like an entire 
shipping container full of figures. And they were like, how do we get rid of all of these? Wow. Yeah. What? So weird. And the foot ninjas are what? GameStop exclusives? Mm, no. Yeah, it says only GameStop. What? what? Yeah. What kind of foot ninjas? From what? It's the movie 90s. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those were GameStop exclusives when they came out. And they came out like four or five years ago. Holy cow. Yeah, it's been a very long time since those came out. Uh, they, they got Muckman. Have... Yeah. Yeah, it, it's – check it out. It's weird. Uh, what's up next, Jeff? It's time for some news, I guess. Hey, that was good. I like that one. Yeah, it's it's time for news. This is what the show is going to be about. So let, let's talk about news. Uh, we have a whole bunch of San Diego Comic-Con news, uh, but let's kick it off with this, this, the sad news so we can you know put that in our rearview mirror. Uh, Jeff, I'm going to let you take it. Uh, thank you, Sergio. Um, at the beginning of this week, uh, David Warner uh, passed away. Uh, for those of you um, who are avid uh, Secret of the Ooze fans, he played Professor Jordan Perry. Um, mm-hmm. His body of work speaks for itself. If you're at all interested in anything that he did, uh, from Tron to The Omen to um, Time and Time Again, uh, where he played Jack the Ripper, and you know, who came to the future? I was it was with H, and fought with H.G. Wells. It's crazy. It's a fun movie. Um, he was also Ra's al Ghul in Batman the Animated Series. I can't think of anybody better to play that freaking role. Um, and I did have the good fortune uh, to have met him at a Comic Con uh, in I think it was about 2015. Um, and I was very very happy that I got to meet him. Meet him meet him he was just super nice just funny and just amazing um what you guys may or may not know about me that he has been and always will be my all-time favorite british actor just something about him um but he will be uh dearly dearly missed and i mentioned something about uh secret of the ooze because he had some photos there Mm. at the table and he said he just really enjoyed working on that movie. I bet it was a, just a blast to make. Because he has a pretty good sense of humor. <laughs> so That's good. That's good. I, I, it, it It's like it does... In, anytime someone, you know, that, that you're a fan of, you know, passes away, is uh, it's always sad, you know? Yeah. Uh, the good news is, if if there is a silver lining here, is that he was not a young man. He, he, he was 80 years old when he yeah. passed, so... Uh, he lived a very full life. He had quite a, you know, robust body of work. Uh, he lived a life worth living. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so I, I guess pour one out for David Warner. Yeah. He will be missed. Uh, but since he's in one of the only professions where his legacy will live on forever. Yeah. You know, check yeah. check out one of his movies. Well, Jeff, do you want to move on to to, to more jo- like jollier news? Yes, please. Okay. Let's uh, we've got a huge figure dump to talk about, but let's get some of the other stuff out of the way first. Uh, what what kind of news do we have about the last Ronin? Well, 
the adventures aren't over quite yet. Um, they will be doing a prequel comic uh, uh, chronicling the lost years leading up to the events um, of the first book. Yeah. What? What? I'm going to ask you this. What is your take on this? What is? What is? You read the last Ronin. Absolutely loved it. Um, how do you feel about them going this direction rather than the direction that the you know the book alluded to? I mean, I think it's fine for them to do this while they work on what they're doing. You know, after the events of Last Ronin. Um, I think it's kind of like a little, you know, um, I don't say a go between, but you, you know what I mean? Filler? Are you trying to saying filler? No, I'm not saying filler because I'm, I'm legit like curious about stories and stuff like before all that stuff happened and everything. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it as long as it's a good read. I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, like the the only thing that saves this for me is that it's written by uh, T- Tom Waltz. Yeah. Oh God. We all and, just and, say how much we all love Tom Waltz. Yeah, and like we, he has yet to disappoint. Yeah. So whatever they end up putting out is going to probably be a banger, but the, the announcement as is, I can't help but be tremendously disappointed in, mm. because. We if if we know the end of the story, I don't really care to hear the beginning and middle. You know, like, yeah, I can see that. It, especially when the last Ronin ended on such a bizarre promise for you know a sequel series. Mm-hmm. That that's what I want. Like I yeah. I want to know where they go from the end of that. And there there is a way for them to tell the you know the story like continue the story and weave it into the events of the past and make it make sense and and almost make it seem like a uh the 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 uh history repeats itself situation yeah it'll be fine i'm sure yeah i'm sure it'll be fine i'm sure it's fine it's It's all of this fun yeah um since we're talking about comic books What's the other big comic book announcement? Um, <laughs> the Power Rangers crossover. Oh, yeah. So Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Volume 2. Hopefully with a bit more oomph. What? What? Well, you know, the, the first one, it was good, but it could have used a little bit more. Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember us having that uh, that take on those books. I thought you did. You were like, "Oh, well, this was okay. This was fine." Or maybe it was the Ghostbusters one. I'm getting it mixed up with. Oh yeah, the Ghostbusters one. I was like, "What? Why?" But yeah, uh, yeah, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I, I feel like it, it was super gimmicky, but it kind of hit all the notes it needed to hit for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they're going to take it. But, yeah. you know, there, there's there's a whole bunch of Power Rangers lore out there that uh, they can dig into. So I'm sure I'm sure there's plenty for them to, to work with. I just I just don't know. I, 
they 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 hit all of the the landmark Mighty Morphin Power Rangers stuff in that first crossover. Mm-hmm. Like did they made they made Metalhead into a mech, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Like, where do you go from there? Well, I mean, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember the ending. Like, well, Shredder's Green Ranger now, so. It no, he wasn't. No, it it didn't end with him being the Green Ranger. That was he like his his final boss form was they fought him as the Green Ranger. But by the end of it, Tommy got his 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 coin back or whatever the you know whatever it's called. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. But didn't we call it? We called it a while ago. That like this is going to happen. It's absolutely going to happen. And look yeah. at that, they announced it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it did well. It was received well. It uh it'll start in December of this year. Yeah. So we're we're what five months away. Yeah. It'll hit solicits soon. So that's cool. Yeah. I I have I have no problem with that. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the Cowabunga collection. Okay. So that so a big announcement came on that. It is coming out August 30th. August 30th. That's soon. Very soon. That's very soon. That's, uh, what, just over a month from now. Yeah. Um, and I feel like th- they picked a really good time. Oh, yeah. Like, just far enough away from Shredder's Revenge mm-hmm. that they don't step on each other's hype. Right. But also early enough that... You're not like you're not scrambling to buy it for someone for Christmas. Yeah. You know, it's not like released in November 27th. You know, it's like, no, no, like it's before the holiday season. Uh, is, is it going to be is it going to be the physical copies as well? Yes, this is these these are the physical copies. Yes. OK, so so day and date is going to be digital and physical. That's that's good. That game's going to do well. Oh, yeah. So I have seen some uh, since it was featured God, I think they had like 20 setups at San Diego uh, Comic-Con for it. And I've seen some of the menus and stuff, and it looks like presentation-wise for a collection, it's not just like, okay, here's all the games. You know, they're, they're pouring a lot into it, and they're going into – they went into the archives at Konami uh, to get, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to say documents, but um, – just behind the scenes yeah stuff that had nobody else had seen apart from like konami like employees and stuff so a lot of this stuff has never been seen um there's also like a strategy guide like a like a mock-up nintendo power strategy guide thing that's going to be included uh digitally and there's all kinds of stuff and this it looks amazing and i i i could swear to you that I heard some footage and it sounded like the original theme songs intact. How long, how long is that song in, in the original game? Oh, it wasn't just that. It was like this amazing new animated intro that they did for it. I was like, what? No, 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 no. In the original game, how long was the song? Like 23 seconds. Yeah. So, I, I'm just astonished at how important those 23 seconds are to you. It's not just me. Oh, no, no, no. Don't put this all on me. 
There's I'm not, tons of people I, I, that have been no, complaining I'm, I'm about not, this. You can't point to the internet and be like, look, they're crazy too. It's the internet. Of course they're crazy. Oh, no. I'm liking a couple of, you like, know. It's 23 seconds of music. Still. Like, it, well, it, it possibly is prohibitively expensive. I understand why they're upset. Because it's all about preservation. Preserving that, the original version um, in this form. And, and I totally get it. I totally respect that. Yeah, but at the same time, you don't want to lose money on your development costs because you had to pay for a 23-second song. Yeah, but they if had to if know. It's, if it's, it's that expensive. A huge seller. Yeah, they'll make their money back, no problem. It, it, it really depends on how the licensing works, because if the, the person who is licensing the music to you is demanding, like, uh, you're going to pay me per copy sold. Do we figure out who had the rights? Was it Chuck Lorre? Because he I don't wrote know. the song. I don't know. He he wrote it, but I, I'm just saying it's it's 20, I, I'm not going to be butthurt if those if that song's not in it. Like, I don't care that much. It would be I'm I'm not saying it wouldn't be nice. Like, yes, it's great if it's all intact. But it's just one song. We'll find out during our playthrough and review of the complete collection. Yeah. Uh, which is, comes out next month. So, yeah. Awesome. Um, what else? Do we have anything else that... Oh, okay. Let me take this last one. Oh, so, wait. We, we didn't even... Okay, go ahead. The, the last one before the big San Diego news. Ah, okay. Um, so this is kind of news. It, it didn't. It wasn't announced as news, but uh, someone finally unearthed the, uh, the the mystery of Gorilla Gorilla and oh Sergeant God. Bananas. What's we that? gotta know. We gotta know. Okay, so so we've we've mentioned this a couple times. The Super Seven Gorilla Gorilla action figure is not based on the original Sergeant Bananas figure. And it's not even named Sergeant Banana. Sergeant Banana is, is is not mentioned anywhere in the packaging. It's as if he's a different character. When we all know that it's basically the same thing. He's been referred to as both of the names in different pieces of Turtles history. But conceptually, he's the exact same character. Turns out, apparently someone, so, someone else owns the name Sergeant Bananas. What? Yeah, so someone that is not playmates or someone who is not Nickelodeon owns the name Sergeant bananas. So instead of paying the money or finding a way to, to use that name, super seven is like, we're going to go with gorilla gorilla. That that's crazy. But from learning a lot of like weird, like copyright issues and, you know, license issues and whatever, like dude probably want, like, wanted like way too much money for that. Yeah. This, this is the 23 second intro song of action figures is what yeah, this is. No, come on. <laughs> totally different. Zing. Totally. Um, different. Yeah. So, so this, this news came out, uh, from a, a recent pixel Dan interview, uh, with Brian Flynn of super seven. So it, it, it comes from the horse's mouth. Is that is that the phrase? Yeah. D- directly from the horse's mouth. Uh, they didn't go into detail. Apparently, they can't really get into it because, you know, legalities and whatnot. Uh, but that's why we have this weird, pointless gorilla gorilla action figure. 
I know that that entire thing has been driving you bananas for months. Yes, it it absolutely has. (laughs) (laughs) I may or may not have been to multiple Twitter threads, like throwing questions at people going, uh, yo, so what's up with this? So like, I imagine in, in my head, you just like chain smoking and like looking up stuff on the internet and like there's all the coffee, you know, and like all the coffee stains on the desk and everything. And just like <laughs> one of those, one of those, out. <laughs> one of those mid eighties keyboards with a bunch of, uh, cigarette burns on it. Yeah. And the big, big freaking, you know, keys with the giant sounds and the, the conspiracy theory board. Yep. Yep. Yeah. The, with the, the pegboard with, with the, the strings running across yep. uh, and and a giant bag of Doritos. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's basically my living room. I was going to say cheese balls. That Well, you're yeah. right. Doritos is probably too classy for this 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 character we're, we're creating. It is. It is. So mystery solved. And uh, now you can get some restful sleep, buddy. That's true. Yeah. Like we're saying mystery solved, but watch like. Eight months from now, Playmates is going to announce that they're re-releasing the Sergeant Bananas figure. Okay, all right. Now, now, Jeff, you have permission to to dive into the the bucket of San Diego Comic Con news. I know that's going to happen. I can feel it. <laughs> uh, okay, well, folks, I hope you're ready because this. Oh man, this this is some good stuff. Do you want me to hit with the big one, or do you yes. want me to start start with what you deem? as the biggest announcement at, at, at the NECA booth? The, for me, well, for all of us, I think, um, the biggest surprise was that we're getting more Mirage Ninja Turtles figures. But when I say that, it's actual turtles. <laughs> I I don't know if I would categorize it as a, as a surprise. Like, NECA has never been shy on saying, we're going to release more comic stuff i feel like that they finally pulled the trigger on it is 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 what is uh so exciting here yeah yeah and it's a a different style of turtle um it looks to be the return to new york yeah it, it's 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 funny that that you say it that way because when they dropped the you know when they when the photos dropped of those figures me and you, like, we b- bounced back and forth. It's like, is, is this, are these based on Michael Dooney drawings? Are these based on Peter Laird drawings? Like, what, what's, what like exactly? Is it, like, is it early Lawson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we really didn't know. And I, it's like the internet did their own little investigative trail and landed on these are returned to New York, which means they're early Lawson. Now, if you're familiar with late Lawson or even mid-career Lawson, they look nothing like his work. Right. Total, total difference. Uh, but in his early work, he was very much trying to mimic uh, Eastman and Laird's style, mm-hmm. uh, specifically in Return to New York. So when I you know, pulled out my Return to New York books and looked at the turtles in them – I was like, yep, that's those are definitely based on these turtles. Absolutely. And I'm not going to say they look as good as the original set of four. 
because mm-hmm. I do love those original uh, NECA turtles, but they're they're beefy. Oh yeah, they're they're big boys. I'm I'm fine with that. They look incredible. Like I'm so freaking stoked. I'll be getting all four of these. <laughs> Uh, no, they haven't. They haven't announced any kind of release time frame or even any ex- exclusivity. Chances are they'll be available everywhere because that's how the uh, that's how the comic line has been mm-hmm. outside of the you know loot box you know loot crate stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, no, no, because Fugitoid was only Target. I don't know. Who knows where these things are going to be sold? Yeah. But let, what else from the comic line was announced? Uh, well, uh, Master Splinter will be getting his first uh, figure mm-hmm. or comic style figure. Um, he's also, a he's a little, he's a little bitty guy. Very little bitty guy. Um, comes with a uh, the cloth kimono, which is really nice uh, touch there, like that. Um, and it looks like he comes with uh, an Utrom. Uh, a mouser, a, like melted, broken mm. mutagen canister, a baby turtle. No, no, no. We'll, we'll, let's, no? let's stop short of saying that. Like okay. the, the way everything was set up at the booth, things were like mixed and matched. And part of those things, like the Utrum head, that's mm. available in the Utrum action figure. Okay. You know, so, so, so I, I want to stop short of saying that he comes with anything because nothing like that was officially announced. Okay. No, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but, but you're absolutely right. Th- those things were on display. There was a unmutated splinter mm-hmm. on display. Uh, but there was one really big comic figure that I definitely want to talk about. And what would that be? Sergio, uh, a triceraton, uh, Zog. Oh man. He looks amazing. Yes. And this just reinforces the return to New York. <laughs> Uh, turtles because it's clear that they're moving through the the eras here's zog which that figure is like it seems like it's two feet tall but it's obviously not but he's a significant fig he's a beefy boy yeah uh, and he looks amazing he really does like the, the and you know these are just like i would say they're about finished uh visuals because they just look like they just left off the comic page yeah absolutely uh more return to new york stuff was was announced as well the 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 other two shredders yeah uh from uh the you know the three mutated worm shredders we of course got the claw shredder in the loot crate with no promise that the other two were coming well guess what they're coming yeah I'm... i wonder how they're gonna sell those I'm thinking the little guy will be packed with the four-armed one. Probably. Probably. Yeah, that, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. But we'll see. Uh, I think that's it for the, the, the comic line. We're getting more uh, Last Ronin figures. This was probably the biggest surprise to me. Because mm-hmm. uh, what? It's Leonardo, uh, Raphael, and a like a, like a future foot soldier. I think so. Yeah, I, th- I think that's what the character was. Um, Again, it's been a it's been a bit since we've read it, so yeah. um, it's not fresh on the mind, folks. I don't know if I like these. No. Well, it, also, I didn't. 
I wasn't a huge fan of the last Ronin figures that they announced any anyway. I mean, and I've already got mine pre-ordered. So yeah, mine's pre-ordered too. See our previous conversation about just buying everything, but I I don't know. I these just don't do it for me. It's, and yet, mm-hmm. somehow, Cobra Kai two pack does. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. Touche. That that's the thing. The, the Cobra Kai two packs were stupid, and I feel like I have to buy the stupid stuff as kind of a reminder that stupid things exist. You know, it's like, hey, check out this stupid thing. Like I own a can of ravioli from like the year 1998 that has Ninja Turtles on the side of it. That's super dumb. But I have it, and we'll never get rid of it. Yeah, don't eat that. No, of course not. But, yeah, those figs are so stupid. That's why I had to have them. These, less stupid. not Actually, not stupid at all. They just, I I don't like the way they look. I think they look great. Yeah. And so, if if that's what you're into, buy them. Get them. I I support their existence. I'm getting all those, yeah. Uh, that does it for the the um the comic line. Yeah. <laughs> um, a metric ton of figures were announced in the cartoon line. Yeah. So, do you want to take the first two? Just just pick just pick the two that you that you want to talk about the most. I'm gonna go ahead with uh. Baxter Stockman's severed head. I did not expect you to go that direction. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Baxter Stockman in Shredder's helmet head. Of, of course, we don't know how this is going to be packed. It might be in, like, a, a an accessory kit. It might come packed with another figure. Who knows? We don't know. But and, and the reason why we're, we're, we're just like, wait, how did you know this? So, at, at San Diego... Comic-Con, they have these display cases with these very elaborate, uh, put-together dioramas. And they like to sneak stuff in those windows. Mm-hmm. And this is the, one of the first things I noticed. The other thing we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. Um, But that just, like, stuck out to me. He's like, here's his head. Looking maniacal. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, presumably it's it's it'll be a you know replacement head for the unmutated Baxter that is that was released for Comic Con. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a fun little addition. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna take the next two. Okay. Had, had they announced Rhino Man and Mighty Hog prior to this? I don't think so, or at least I don't recall coming across that news. Yeah, I, I don't recall talking about that. There's just been so many different versions of Bebop and Rocksteady that they've released that that it has me second guessing myself. Yeah. So th- those looked really good. Oh yeah. Uh, what what do you want to talk about next? What what, what are you excited about? Uh well, um well you know we've already talked about Rex one. Uh, but this time we get a, a better look at him. He looks great. He does. Um, continuing on that robot train, uh, Mac, the 
Johnny Five type character from uh, Short Circuit the movie mm-hmm. is getting his own figure. Um, I think we called that one too. Yeah, we probably did. Yeah, I mean, it's probably a safe bet they're going to put out everything that's ever been in that show. Probably even Don Tertelli. <laughs> he might come with feet. He might come. You know, he's going to come with a you know a feather. I was like, you know what? Watch them release like the evolution of Don Tertelli figures, where he's like regular guy, and then he's fat, and then I'm like, wait, it's hard to keep track of which version's which. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a two pack of the same character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. All these weird one off, you know, bad guys like the guy that looks like a like a bulldog. Uh, let's see. We also got to see Bugman. Yeah, still freaky looking character, man. It just yeah freaks me out. Uh, and then presumably it's gonna be a there's gonna be a two pack with Lotus Blossom and Chakahachi. Yeah, I, I can't imagine they're gonna release that any other way. But again, that was not officially said. Right, makes sense. Uh, let's see. Is and and here's one that you really were into. Uh, the tur- the tot turtles, the baby turtles. Yeah, they they just look absolutely adorable. Don't they? Uh, yeah, just just so much action figure news. Uh, you know, we, we got box shots of some of the uh, Team and T Adventures figs, and I love the the box art. For them, like yeah, the like the slash figure, I, I cannot wait for that slash figure. It's 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 quite stunning. Like that is that's my slash. Yeah, I need it. Uh, so it, it's. I, I'm glad we got a whole bunch of, of announcements. My wallet is not. No. Overall, what do what do you think of all the the, the Comic Con announcements from NECA? I, dude, I'm just like I think the one I mean, they're all fantastic, but I'm just I'm blown away by those those Mirage figures. Um, I'm just so excited for those, and I still have um, I think I still have a whole case of the first wave of the first uh, NECA turtle figures. Really, you could those those you could get a uh, a chunk of money for. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the last Ronin again. Okay. So multiple people spotted in one of the NECA windows on in their booth behind everything, very deliberately hidden in a spot that you could see it, but it's kind of obscured a tune version of the last Ronin. Yeah. What's this about? We don't know yet. Why is this a thing? Well, I'm assuming it's because, you know, Playmates did their two different versions and, you know, they're like, oh, well, you know, what if there was, you know, an 80s cartoon take on it? Yeah, but I'm here for it. They did their two versions. (laughs) I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Like, it's a cute idea. It sets a dangerous precedent, and I guess this bumps b- bumps against my whole wallet thing. Like, I don't need tune versions of characters that were never in the cartoon. 
there's enough characters in that cartoon. Eh. There's enough ways they can sell me stuff from that cartoon. I don't know if I'm happy about the idea of a last Ronin tune figure. I'm here for I'm here for it. It's cool looking, and of course I'll get it. But it it's fine. I'm just like it. It has me saying why. They specifically did it with you in mind, knowing that you were going to complain about it. That's that's what it was. <laughs> hey, you guys, you guys know that Sergio guy. Let's go ahead and make this for him. He's going to complain about it on shellheads. Let's p- pester this guy. Uh, well, ne- NECA was not the only toy company that was throwing around announcements at Comic-Con. That's right, Sergio. Uh, the, the the previously mentioned Loyal Subjects uh, Best Action line uh, also has some, some more Turtles announcements. And clearly, the Loyal Subjects are very happy that they have the Turtles uh, license because they're going completely wild and just announcing everything. They have... You know, variants of multiple characters. They have the blue turtles coming out. They have the ones that I just returned to the store. And all of those are kind of the same thing. What they had on display at Comic-Con was very unique. It's got me rather excited. I will more than likely be buying all four of these. And what are those? They are the hip-hop disguise Ninja Turtles. Now... These were in the cartoon. Very briefly, you could barely see Leonardo. Yeah, so so they do they they are pulling from you know some canon in in some way. They're not just you know pulling this out of thin air. They, I I hate to say this about loyal subjects figures, but these look really cool. They do. They uh, really do, and I think they're featured on the back of box art. On one of the NECA figures, I think, isn't it Usagi? What? They're in hip hop? I don't think that's true. Get your box. I'm going to go get the box. Okay, I'm back. Okay, when you say featured, you're right. Like, drawings of those four are on the back of the Usagi box, but they're not featured in, in like any kind of, hey, these figures are coming capacity. Right. It doesn't make any sense to me. Why not? Well, because that's not, you know, they weren't in those outfits in the show. In that, not in that episode? No. And I could swear one of their coats was supposed to be white. (laughs) You're uh, you're pulling out your inner comic book guy. No, that's not canon. (laughs) No, that would be not correct, Sergio. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i did not even realize those that those costumes were on the back of that box but yeah they're there yeah yeah uh, Raphael's coat is supposed to be white well it, now to be fair the, this is just a drawing on the back of a box yeah i know so I know. Let, let's take that with a grain of grain of salt uh now if they announce these figures you know at some point feel free to critique them top to bottom yeah um but yeah those are cool i i don't i didn't really see any other loyal subjects news uh that was turtles related yeah which kind of surprises me considering how uh how wild they've gone 
So I I think that's everything from Comic Con. I think so. If we missed anything, it's oh, I, I'll be surprised. Yeah. So so if if we missed anything, like hit us up, like throw us a a link in uh on Facebook or on Instagram because we're newsmen, but we're not newsmen. Like there there's there's a lot of San Diego Comic Con is a big thing with a lot of companies showing a lot of things. So, man. Yeah. That, but that does it for our news segment, Jeff. It does, Sergio. If you stick around after the break, we're going to get to our main topic. And we're back. Uh, our main topic this episode is a, uh, is the next chunk of episodes from season three of the 2012 Nickelodeon series. We've made it what this is. We're passing the halfway mark. Yep. In season three of the Nickelodeon show. Uh, We watched what eight episodes, eight or nine. Mm -hmm. I guess it depends on if you count battle of new battle for New York as two or just one. Yeah, I'd say two. Yeah, it's 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 double length, so that that makes sense. Uh, there's some fun episodes in here. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know if I like the the overall approach to how this season is going at this point. Mm-hmm. Because like I guess the, the the one critique I have is what's the overarching story here? Um, we got to get Karai back. Yeah. Like that's it. But they've already done that. Like we got to get Karai was a plot in like what season one? Mm, no. Yeah. You know when she was a bad guy and they were like, oh no, she's Splinter's daughter. Blah 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 blah. Like I I just feel like the the, the arc like the, the 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 overall story they're telling here is very very weak. Hmm. Now like once you get into the weeds and actually start watching some of the episodes, there's some great stuff in there, Yeah. but it's not because they're telling some sort of long story. Mm. I guess so. (laughs) I just, I don't break it down as that much. I was like, as long as I'm entertained and I'm enjoying what I'm watching, I'm, I'm good. Okay. Okay. That's fair. But I mean, I, I can totally get your, your critiques because it's like, you know, it's an ongoing story. You know, what are we doing this season? But yeah, I get it. Like what's the, what's the red hair, the MacGuffin or the, you know, what are we going after this? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, the first episode that we tackled was serpent hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and where we left off at the end of last season, or not last season, but the last time we talked about this was uh, Karai is missing. And hissing. And hissing. Ha! Nice! Uh, because <laughs> she has been turned into, like, the snake mutant. Yeah. And she's kind of gone crazy, and she's she's loose in the city, and both Shredder and the Turtles are looking for her because they, you know, they, they believe, like, Shredder believes, I've raised her, so she's my daughter, and of course, Splinter's like, no, she's Miwa. She's my daughter. So it's so in in a sense, Karai is the MacGuffin. 
it could be also titled The Battle of My Two Dads. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, let me read the, the quick quick synopsis. Uh, as it's not even a synopsis, it's, oh, it's kind of it's kind of the pitch for the episode. Custody battle. It's, it's a custody battle. <laughs> as Splinter feels disheartened without Karai back in the family, the turtles search for her, uh, but are confronted by Zek and Starenko, uh, who are also looking for Karai to exchange to Shredder for protection for the Krang populace or from the krang populace so i guess we should also mention that at this point the city of new york has been taken over by the krang Mm -hmm. as well so so there's a lot going on behind the scenes here and instead of trying to fix the the fact that the city is taken care of all the characters in this episode all the all the characters in this episode are searching for a snake yeah so that's that's kind of weird, but whatever, that's fine. I like this 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 pairing of Zek and Starenko. I do too because they're complete polar opposites. Mm-hmm. And you know you've got a annoyingly funny guy and you got a straight laced guy, and that's you know that's always it's like uh what the Rock and Kevin Hart. Yeah, or or yeah, it's 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 an odd couple situation. Yeah. Uh. And and what I like in this episode is they're not they're not working for Shredder. Yeah, they're 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 their own entity and their actions in this episode directly affect their future in a profound way. Oh, yeah. Uh, But we'll get to that in the next episode. Overall, what would you think of Serpent Hunt? This was a really fun uh, episode. Um Ivan Starenko reminds me of um, Dolph Lundgren. Zek is, it's an interesting take on that character, but he's so annoying. I don't think he's annoying. I I do. (laughs) (laughs) In moments. Um, But like he's, one thing I do love, like he's wearing like this Tron type outfit. Um, And probably, you know, he's all, you know, dance and, you know, uh, uh, just attack moves and stuff like that. Probably one of the coolest things is when he takes his mohawk and, and throws an energy mohawk. <laughs> yeah. And so that is actually uh, in reference to uh, an Ultraman series called Ultra 7, where uh, that version of Ultraman has a like a fin on his head and he throws it. And it usually chops people up. Or chops up monsters, I should say, not people. Yeah, I did not get that reference, but you wouldn't expect me to. Right. And that's what I'm here for, that extra. Um, yeah. The One of the first things I noticed in this episode is when, you know, everybody's, you know, everybody's in hiding from the Krang. And the turtles, of course, are hiding in a pizzeria. This is the best place to hide. <laughs> and they're cleaning up and stuff, and there's a... Weopo in no ZNU cabinet, which is clearly a nod to the Neo Geo MVS uh, arcade cabinet. Um, yep, I, I knew you would catch that, which is great. And I was like, oh my god. Um, so I, I loved uh, I loved that a lot. Um, but yeah, this was a really really fun episode. Um, 
it's interesting to see the turtles in a different environment other than their home. And it's, it's also sad too. Cause like, you know, you always hate when they get uprooted and I was like, Oh, well, we can't come back here, you know? And it's, you know, it, it always hurts a little bit, but there's some great moments. Like when they go back to the lair to get some stuff and they get, um, splinters family photo, which was really yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, uh, we, I, I, the synopsis f- failed to mention probably the most important part of this episode, mm-hmm. and, and that is the end of it. When when Shredder was like, "How are you going to try to plot against me, you two idiots? I'm mm-hmm. going to mutate you." Yeah, and it, he turns Zek and Starenko into Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah, oh, I guess they were saving that for the next episode. But it's at the end of this episode. I know. I didn't write it. <laughs> uh, I didn't see this coming. Yeah. I don't think anyone did. Like, I, I think it had been announced that Bebop and Rocksteady were coming to the series. Yeah. But I don't know if anyone thought these two characters were going to be mutated into Bebop and Rocksteady. Which I mean, is the most bizarre version of Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like the idea of Russian Rocksteady. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's a, it's a way to give them a backstory, I guess. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not just mindless thugs. They, they they have their own, you know, their own personality that they developed as humans. But the process of mutating characters is still very, like jarring to me and kind of horrific it's horrific it's like some people don't want their kids watching television shows with like cuss words or uh, you know sex stuff like i don't know like sitting down with like a five-year-old and saying these two characters are mutated now here's what it looks like when they mutated i i feel like i'd cover his eyes oh especially for a character later on. Oh but, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that one's that one's a little bit rough. We'll get that in a minute. Yeah. Um, it's just it's 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 creepy. What else you got for the for this one? Um, I don't really have any other like nuggets or anything like that. Like I really felt bad, like watching, like you said, like watching Ivan and Zach get mutated. Like it, my heart just kind of hurt for these guys. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the 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 point of it, because you've not really they've never really touched on stuff like that before. It's just like, oh, it's happened. And like, oh, buy this action figure. There's <laughs> there's there's you know, there's weight behind it. They want you to feel um, for these characters. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it adds a level of evil to the the Shredder's character. Yeah, because. He didn't do that in the original show. He didn't like punish people with mutation in the original show, did he? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. He did it for the betterment of what he wanted. Yeah, and and didn't Bebop and Rocksteady volunteer? Kind of. <laughs> well, they were idiots, so yeah, that's arguable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the pig and the rhino. 
After Donnie finishes a new batch of retro mutagen in hopes of returning Karai back to normal, the turtles set out with April and Casey to search for her again. They find themselves being hunted by Zek and Starenko, who were mutated by the Shredder into the common uh, uh, into the common warthog and white rhinoceros mutants, Bebop and Rocksteady, at the end of the last episode, where they are sent to find Karai again as well. So this is the last episode kind of teed up th- this uh, clash with the turtles and the turtles finally like meeting bebop and rocksteady and them having to deal with these these characters that they're familiar with but not in this form mhm and and again i'm i'm pointing to the whole karai thing like this feels like a plot they've done before like if it's not karai it's kirby you know if it's yeah. We need to figure out how to make make retro mutagen, or we need to figure out how to find this person because I have retro mutagen. It, it's it, it doesn't seem fancy. It just seems run of the mill. Yeah. Uh, but the fight between Bebop and Rocksteady and the Turtles is fantastic. Oh yeah. Uh, what you got for the pig and the rhino? Uh, well, uh. <laughs> I, I'm always fascinated by what cartoon they're watching. Mm. Like, it would be nice to have a compilation of like all the cartoons. Of course, it's in the, it's in the amazing art book that I recommend everyone you know pick up a copy. Yeah. Um. But well, e- yeah, each season it's a different cartoon. This season it's Krognard the Barbarian. Yeah, which is a combination of Thundar the Barbarian and He-Man, and maybe some you know that. Hanna Barbera, Scooby Doo, antics, mm-hmm. um, which is just so much fun, and I love that it's all the same voice actors from all the different like like space heroes and and what was the what was the second one the um oh I can't remember the Super Robot series oh yeah yeah it was yeah <laughs> and I was like this is great this is great. Um, I feel like we get a nod to, uh, a movie, uh, there's like, they're going around, um, they're trying to find Karai, and she kind of gave them a, you know, a hint of where to find her, she says the word Comet, and then there's like several different Comet places, and at the movie theater, Earth versus Comet Creeps, which I, I'm sure it's in the the art book, but it feels as to saying what it's in reference to. But I feel like it's a reference to the movie Night of the Comet, uh, which is a great, just classic '80s uh, movie. Mm. Um, a lot of fun because there's like there's kind of comet zombie creeps in that movie. So okay. Um, I loved all the moments in the uh, the Coney Island Ghost House. Oh, I don't I don't know if I liked any of the Coney Island stuff. I did. I I'm not really one for amusement parks. I mean they're they're fine, but like there's just kind of like something about like a charm of like, you know, Coney Island. I've never been, of course, but um I like that. Or our our local fair that had like the, you know, the haunted house thing. Yeah. I always thought was fun, which, which I never did because, you know, that wasn't my shtick. <laughs> um, but 
Yeah, I love when like, hey, we need a name. Like Mikey's like, we need a name for you guys. And he's just going around, you know, trying to distract him. And it was like, oh, you're uh, sprinkles and hot sauce. What? <laughs> <laughs> you just making up stuff? And so it looks at their van. <laughs> yeah, like, is this how you name enemies? Just by looking at things in the environment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and and I, I like that we're we're sticking with this Michelangelo naming everyone. Yeah, that's great. Like we're deep into season three and we're still doing this. Yeah. Um, there is a uh, like if you like when Leo and and Mikey get to Coney Island first, of course it's you know it's abandoned, and there's like signs and stuff, and there's like a robot with a mustache, and it's. That robot is significant. It was a super, super hyper monkey team force. Super robot monkey team hyper force go. Yeah, that's it's the reference to that. Which was Ciro's other uh, series that he worked on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a reference to the next mutation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so this one had a lot of a lot of stuff sprinkled into it, which was cool. Yeah. You got any other nuggets before we move on? Mm, I think that's. I think that's it. Yeah. I, 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 while I like this version of Bebop and Rocksteady, and I like their interactions with the turtles, this episode just feels like a. Filler's not the right word. Right. It, just, it feels more like an expectation than an actual. It's like, oh, well, now we have to have the episode where they fight each other. Mm-hmm. You know, just it's it's a formality, I guess. And it right. doesn't really do much to move the overall story forward. Yeah, I mean, I get that. Yeah, so well, whatever. Let's move on. OK, here's a here's a beefy one. Battle for New York. This is the the the, the, the two parter that kind of uh, ends the the, the Krang arc or the, the Krang arc that we have right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let me get to this, this synopsis. Uh, when the turtles encounter a Krang resistance team of mutants called the mighty mutanimals consisting of slash leatherhead, Dr. Tyler Rockwell's monkey form and pigeon Pete. Uh, they also happen to be backed by Jack Kurtzman. Leo and Slash butt heads over how to carry out a mission when Krang Subprime leads the Krang in a plot to mutate the entire Earth with a giant mutagen-filled missile. That's part one. Part two. Working together alongside the mutanimals, the Turtles must brave the bizarre, upside-down world of Dimension X to bring home the enslaved people of New York while fighting Krang Subprime and Mrs. Campbell. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like these episodes at all. Really? Like, I do like the introduction of Mighty Mutanimals. I, I like Kurtzman. I like some of the, the like the, the antics that they get into while in Dimension X. And there's some fun stuff. The turtle blimp is cool. You know, they, they, like bits and pieces of stuff. But to logically think that a group of four turtles can come up with a plan while on earth to get all of the people of New York from dimension X back to New York is a bit 
far fetched even for this show. See, so I think you're just reading too much into it, not enjoying the ride. I don't know. The thing is, is the episodes after this one, I really, really dug. It's mm-hmm. just these first three are just so uneventful and like, by the numbers. Like the battle for New York was not even that hard. You know, like I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess I can see it. I can see where you're coming from on that. You know, they, they completely upend the entire state of the world like what four episodes ago Mm -hmm. and they're able to fix it in 20 minutes like it's again it's a kid's show i probably shouldn't be looking this deep into it and just again like you said enjoying the ride but i I feel like they tried to get one over on us (laughs) with this battle for new york episode you feel like it probably could have been like maybe a four-parter or something like that yeah like Give us give us some like actual drama. Like the turtles being trapped in Dimension X for like one or two episodes. Yeah, just 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 something to, to make us feel like this is important and not just, OK, well, we're just going to pop over to Dimension X and, you know, do this thing. We got to do whatever. Meet our new friends, the Mighty Mutanimals, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I could, I could see that. Yeah. Let's talk about the team, this Mighty Mutanimals team. Yeah. What are your thoughts there? It's an interesting mix. Um, I really kind of didn't see that coming. Um, really? Yeah. Um, okay. Mainly because, you know, I'm I'm watching a lot of these for the first time. Um, I don't know how I feel about them. You know, and it's the same in the comics too, like taking Slash and turning him like you know, kind of like the anti-hero. Yeah, yeah. Like, I I love that the Mighty Mutanimals finally got some screen time because it, this is the first iteration of them on a, in a TV show. Yeah. So that's really cool. Um, it makes sense to, to put Slash and Leatherhead and Dr. Rockwell on the same team. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the inclusion of Pigeon Pete. Oh, yeah. Because you have three very capable members and then Pigeon Pete. Well, everybody's going to have a loose cannon, I guess. He is an absolute liability. (laughs) And I feel like if they had a fifth member here, it would be less – he would be less of a problem for me. Yeah. But it just seems – it seems incomplete. And if I, give you, I'll give you if I remember correctly, they do add another member. I, I don't want to you know, spoil anything for you, but the, the team as is just doesn't seem complete yet. Right. Um, I, I do like that. Slash had to earn Leonardo's uh, respect. That was really cool. Um. This, this episode reminded me how much I don't like the design of Slash. Mm-hmm. I don't like that his face is his teeth. Yeah, that is a bit annoying. Yeah. Um, but they're good. They're, they're good. Like They come back in, in multiple episodes going forward. So they're like they're a team, like a team team. Yeah. Uh, what you got for Battle for New York? Like any any nuggets? Uh, yeah, there's some, there's some nuggets here. Um, 
probably the the most obvious is the oddly shaped spacecraft. Okay. That's the nicest way I can put it without going into uh, <laughs> insert Austin Powers joke here. We're uh, we're clinging very closely to our our family rating on iTunes right now. I really wish we could just do away with that at at times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, you're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> trying to think of some jokes I can get away with. Um, <laughs> um, I love, uh, was it, it Kurtzman? Kurtzman. There's when, you know, when they're in the hideout and stuff, uh, and the Krang of, you know, tracked, uh, the mutanimals and the turtles back to Kurtzman. They found me. I don't know how, but they found me. I was like, come on, doc. Yep. Yep. I caught that back to the future reference. Um, the moment that just made me absolutely lose it is the, what was it? The, the Krang like monkey droid thing. Every time it got butt cannons and you hear that pops open and you hear the fart and Raphael's like hot one in the chamber. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Like that that absolute delivery of that line, like everybody's just killing it with the voiceovers in this. But like, <laughs> yeah, one one of my favorite moments was uh, like when when Kurtzman was doing the slideshow. Oh yeah, and he went a bit too far. Like he like he swiped too far on someone's cell phone, and <laughs> he he pops up in like a compromising position with a mutant, and he's like, oh nope, let's go back. Oh. No, it was it was a hot lizard woman. Yeah. In like wearing a top hat and a men's uh, like button down shirt and shorts. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what? And then and then then Raph and Mikey are like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> I, th- that was one of those moments. I was like, oh, Nickelodeon, huh? <laughs> this is a Nickelodeon show. <laughs> I mean, they put they gave her pants. <laughs> OK, that it's all OK. It's yeah, like everything it's insinuating is absolutely okay if she has pants on. I mean, exactly, or shorts at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Second episode. Um, well, first of all, it's it's, you know, I I forgot how much I love Gilbert Godfrey. Oh yeah, I I figured we'd talk about him. Uh, he he is full on Gilbert Godfrey when when playing Krang Subprime. Yeah, or. Secretly, Irma. Irma, yeah. And I had forgotten about that. Um, and then we get, you know, Irma bots and stuff, and I was like, oh, wow. Um, in episode two, we see the return of Savage Mikey. Uh, which, uh, okay, this... Let me, let me get on my soapbox here. I was actually going to probably do that before you did. Okay, go ahead. Because it felt like it was just kind of like, oh, well, I'm instantly smart now again. Oh, no, I have a very different complaint. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this this episode aired in like 2015, which is only seven years ago. They probably should have known this at the time, but to refer to someone as a savage, like that is 
in the Native American community, that's like an insult. Ooh. So to dress him up in like what looks to be, you know, it's 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 Native American inspired garb. And to call himself Savage Mikey is cringeworthy. But I, I didn't really get the takeaway for that, if that makes sense. Like, I didn't yeah. like I, that didn't it didn't come across that way. To me. Yeah, it, it's let me go a different direction, because I'm actually, you know, because what I got was I got like from X, from the X-Men was like the Savage Land, which was dinosaurs and all that other stuff, you know, stuff that didn't yeah. make sense. So that's kind of where my mind went. Um, yeah. There. That's fair. Because you, know, you had you had characters that were kind of like Mikey a little bit, wearing, you know, relying on the land and everything that was around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, making weapons by hand. Oh, gosh, it's the same thing. No, not really. It's like prehistoric stuff. <laughs> so that's 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 exactly the what 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 I got from uh, from that, at least the way I took it. Yeah. Uh, but as always, Mikey is fun when he's in Dimension X. Him him being the smart one in Dimension X is always it's it's it doesn't make any sense, but it is a fun little a little touch. He was on point in that episode. Really, really was. Yeah. Um, what else you got for the the second part? Any nuggets? Not really. Uh, April's dad. We get April's dad uh, back, demutated this time. Finally, again proper. And yeah. like in the beginning of the episode, like Mikey just sitting there, like, oh, I'll play chemistry set, you know, and just accidentally stumbles on a super D. Uh, demutagen, retro mutagen. Yeah, which is a really creative way to make it to where Donatello can't just make an infinite amount. Yeah, you know, how'd because you make, how'd you make this? I don't know. Yeah, like and like he, that's a, that's a big plot hole. If if he can make it one episode and suddenly he runs out. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to Casey Jones versus the Underworld. Okay. Uh, livid for being left behind by the turtles to save New York with uh, mutanimals uh, from the previous episode. Casey tries to prove that he can take on the criminal underworld on his own. Uh, However, he discovers that he is in way over his head uh, when the shredder gets Manhattan's criminal underworld on the foot clan side. Uh, Casey also goes head to head with the purple dragons, new and official leader Hun. As yep. the Foot Clan plans to use a factory in the Purple Dragon's territory to further the Foot Clan's latest plot, or the Foot Clan's latest plot. So there's a lot here. Oh yeah. Uh, let's tackle the 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 Hun in the room. Uh, Hun, not that Hun, a, the, a new Hun. It's basically evil Bruce Lee. Evil Bruce Lee Hun. Yep. Which I'm just going to say this out loud. Why? Like they literally changed every single aspect of the character. Yeah. He's not a white dude, which is fine. That that doesn't bother me at all. He's not a brute. He's not Shredder's right-hand man. He's 
that now he's an Asian Bruce Lee knockoff that Diet Coke Bruce Lee. Diet Coke Bruce. Yeah. Like what? Why do we have to name this guy Hun? I mean, it's a very fair point because I'm a big Bruce Lee fan. I love Bruce Lee. And, you know, they got all the mannerisms. Eric Bowser did a fantastic job doing the voice. Uh, and this isn't a complaint about the yeah. character oh, I know, itself. but it's like it's like I get what you're saying. Like, why did we need this version? I think they were just trying to change it up and not make it, you know, the same as the you know what was done in the previous version. But they could have ultimately done a different take that wasn't a take on, you know, a typically a good guy character. Or yeah, yeah, actor person, you know. You know, like I, th- I think the the Bruce Lee knockoff thing is is where the line was crossed for me. Yeah. You know, because him being leader of the, the 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 Purple Dragons and him being Asian, like, what if he was an Asian brute? You know. Yeah. Like that would have been fine for me. But yeah, it's I I don't know it it it's a really weird inclusion, and <clears throat> excuse me. Maybe, maybe this is this is this is all speculation. But do you remember the uh, like the backlash Netflix got? It was this. It was really weird internet back, backlash when Iron Fist was cast as a white dude. Oh yeah. When the original Iron Fist in the comics was a white dude. Yeah. And they were like, uh, you know, Iron Fist should have been an Asian guy. Why aren't you fixing that now? Here's your opportunity. And it's it's one of those those fights you just can't win. Yeah. Because if you change it to an Asian guy, you're like, why did you change it? Yeah. And if you don't change it, you're like, why didn't you change it? I feel like this is the same thing. Um, Because Hun, Hun suggests an Eastern name or an, an Eastern character. Right. And for him to be a blonde hair, blue eyed white dude like that's that's Iron Fist. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was just maybe like, hey, I like Bruce Lee. Let's make him into a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we've already talked too much about it. It's it just uh, again, why um, the, yeah. the, the other thing about this episode that was really weird to me was Shredder on a mo- motorcycle. Oh, that that was so trippy to see. <laughs> I was like, did, wait, did I just see that? I, I I feel like that's not the energy that Shredder has. Like, Shredder doesn't drive. Yeah, I don't like, ever see him do... Well, I mean, he t- technically drove the Technodrome, but, I mean, you know, you don't really see him in vehicles, per se. Yeah, like, it, Shredder is the character that would be following behind his his goons in a limo. You know, I take, that, I take that back. He drove some stuff in the 80s cartoon. He probably did. But like the like this, like the uh, the foot ski and stuff like that. But the, the, the shredder in in both the 2K3 and this show, like they're like. Powerful men and typically you, 2K3 shredder was a vehicle, if you want to count that. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> shut up, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> but like they're powerful, like businessmen style, like leaders. Of, you don't just see them on the front line on a motorcycle. It just it's, it was weird. 
it was it was very odd because this one is very much like you know like you said he's a powerhouse yeah like i'm I'm not opposed to him showing up at the the uh the, the what it what was it the the italian mobsters office and you know throwing his his influence around like yeah. yeah like do it that all of that works fine for me it was simply the motorcycle bit and for them not to name that that gangster don tertelli that was gonna be my next uh um you can say complaint it's fine yeah 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 <laughs> How are you going to co-op the name Hun and in the same episode drop the ball with Don Tur- with not naming him Don Tertelli? Uh, c- copyright issue, maybe? <laughs> Let's blame it on that. Why not? <laughs> yeah. So like Murakami, you know, they own it. Um, outside of those real weird complaints, this episode was fine. It was it, it established the fact like it, it established the Foot Clan as the leaders of the New York underground. Yeah. Uh, something that oddly enough, they really hadn't established so far. You mean underworld underground underworld, whatever black market. It, it doesn't matter. Uh, that's not the same thing. It's all, it's, 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 it's all the same thing. It's all, the same he's thing. not selling people's organs. You don't know. <laughs> moving on what do you have for casey jones versus the underworld well we get cases a little annoying in this episode i will say yeah um, i'll give you that i'll give you that but we get his classic pain 101 line Where and then he gets wrecked <laughs> he gets wrecked a bunch in this episode i mean just ragdoll um what was it? Was it Pigeon Pete or was it Casey that got like pinballed, kicked? I don't know. Can't it's remember. it's one of those because I I remember that. Um, but um, this this was the first time that Casey Jones seemed out of place in a yeah. fight. He 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 seemed like he was he clearly was written to be in over his head, but. It was a situation where if the turtles didn't intervene, homie was just going to die. Pretty much. Yeah. And he was so hardheaded, he didn't realize that. Yeah. And it was like the thing I was like, oh, I'm going to take on the shredder. I'm like, you idiot. You can't. You're a child. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She's like, do you think all that hardware is for making coleslaw? It's not. Come on, Casey. And and I guess th- this is them establishing that he's an idiot child who doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. Which he's never been in any of the other, you know, versions. He's he been, has been an idiot, but he an hasn't idiot been a child. man. Who t- yeah, he's, an idiot. <laughs> he's an idiot man who should know better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what you got for nuggets? Because I I don't really have anything else. I mean, there's not too many. Like I I feel like. Almond chemicals is like a nod to access chemicals from the um, Tim Burton Batman movie. Okay. Because the way that when they go to the, the that chemical plant, the way that that the sign is is like in frame, it feels like that I could be missing the mark, but that's just what I got. Okay. Um, 
I did really dig like in the beginning when Casey is like doing his monologue, he's got he's writing in his journal and he's got drawings of the turtles that look really cool. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, there's a lot, and we talked a lot about Hun, but you know, when he's fighting, you can clearly see Bruce Lee's fighting style. Mm-hmm. Um, mimicked. Um, which I thought was really cool. Um, I have to go watch those movies now. (laughs) (laughs) Enter the dragon kids. Uh, let's move on to the noxious. Is that how you say that? Yeah. Noxious Avenger. Noxious Avenger. When Garson Grunge, a humble garbage man who in who had encounters with several mutants during his career as a sewer worker is accidentally mutated into the garbage mutant Muckman during a face-off between the Turtles and Bebop and Rocksteady. He gains notoriety as New York City's monster hero after he saves a man from the purple purple dragons. However, Muckman blames the Turtles for his mutation. The turtle situation is complicated further, uh, not only when Splinter grounds them for getting caught by a news crew uh, that was following Muckman, but also when Bebop and Rocksteady trick Muckman into helping them find an ingredient for a mind control serum. So this is the Muckman episode. Yep. This one I really like a lot. It was This one was fun. Uh, I really like the... Uh, the art direction of Muckman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a real old Greg vibe. <laughs> and and I, I really like Joe Eyeball in this. Wait, what do you mean old Greg? Old Greg. From the Mighty Boosh? Yeah. Don't look that up, children. Don't I'm telling you, like, Muckman looks like old Greg. Oh, my God, he does. Well, yeah. he actually looks more like the Toxic Avenger from Troma. That too, yeah. Also, yeah. kids, don't look that up. <laughs> um, I, I, I really like Joe Eyeball, uh, but the thing about this episode that makes me so happy is Muckman being treated like a hero. Yeah. Because the way that, like, if I were to write a Muckman episode, the what writes itself is Muckman being a monster and him, you know, having to hide from the the pitchforks and torches of the town. You know that that, that episode writes itself. Yeah. But to write an episode where Muckman is a hero in the eyes of the city is subverting all of the expectations of the character. Oh yeah. So so. Golf clap. Good job. Good job. Nice. What do you have for the Noxious Avenger? Uh, let's see. Probably. Well, there's a couple of things. They're not really uh, Easter eggs or whatever. They're just like little moments. Um, in the beginning, when uh, Bebop and Rocksteady are trying to get these chemicals together for uh, Shredder's mind control serum. Mm-hmm. They uh, Rock said he hears some noise outside and he goes to look. And I was like, oh, it's just garbage, man. And all of a sudden, Leo comes in with a kick to the face. I was like, oh, that was <laughs> nice. Like, and, and we've talked about this before. I like Seth Green. Uh-huh. But in the beginning, I did not like him as Leo. Right. 
he's much better in these episodes. Uh huh. Didn't I tell you you'd get used to it? You did. Yeah, you did. yeah. Because because yeah, the the switchover was it was jarring, but in my mind when when Leonardo talks, Seth Green comes out. Yeah, yeah. Um. So that was really cool. Um, I love, and, and there's another thing like in in this series, as apart from like the 2K3 or you know the 80s cartoon, you don't really, you rarely see the turtles using shuriken. Mm-hmm. And they use it all the freaking time. They do. And one of the best parts was Bebop getting shurikens in the butt. <laughs> it was so great. Um and you know, you got like Muckman's transformation was disgusting and disturbing and he's just really gross looking and also one of the hardest to find action figures for this toy line. Really? Yeah, he was short packed. I didn't know that. And he's probably the most valuable figure out of all of those and then like oh like one of the biggest things was you know, the turtles getting caught by the new uh, by a, a you know a nosy news reporter yeah and splinter was not happy and grounded them and that was oh that was so hilarious like my was like yeah time to watch more crognard it's like and tv broken <laughs> <laughs> And VHS taken. And I was like, aw. <laughs> like, didn't forget about the cell phones. Um, and that whole thing was great. And they had to sneak out to prove, to, to fix everything. That's about all that I've got. Be yeah, a Muckman was like, was a, was a fun character. Nasty. Just gross. Um, yeah. But, had you, like, but you kind of hit it on the head though. It, very much is a uh, disturbing. Yeah. Very disturbing. Uh, I, I have a bit of, I think this might be, I, I, I just found some, like a, an Easter egg. So the city worker, G- Garson Grunge, that turns into Muckman, mm-hmm. apparently he was in earlier episodes. Huh. He wasn't voiced by the same same person. Like he was previously voiced by North, Nolan North, but according to the Turtlepedia, which I guess we can trust, like that that character was in like episode one twelve of the mm. first season, uh, and this is him returning and being mutated. Huh. He just wasn't named in previous episodes. Interesting. Yeah. So I guess take that with a grain of salt, but. Cool. Uh, but yeah, I really did like this episode. Uh, it, it, it it is unique in a way that a lot of the other episodes that we watched this time just weren't. Right. Uh, I'm ready to move on if you are. Yes. Clash of the Mutanimals. Uh, oh, yeah. with, what's up? No, I said, oh yeah. Uh, with his mind control serum completed... Shredder uses it to infect Slash and Dr. Tyler Rockwell. Uh, Under Shredder's control, they kidnap Raphael and infect him as well, intending to use them to kill the turtles and the mutanimals. 
So it's it's very much the Shredder pitting the good guys versus the good guys. And this episode, for me, shouldn't work because it's very tropey. But yeah. because of the execution of it, it works fantastically. Oh, agreed. Uh, the, the the like the fight at the end in that controlled environment with like 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 even Pigeon Pete and Baxter Stockman was fun. Yeah, you know the, the, them fighting each other. Um, and I, I feel like the budget of this episode was like most of it went to fight choreography. Yeah, yeah. What'd you think of Clash of the Mutanimals? This was a lot of fun, you know, and it's whenever you get like mind control stories, it's always you know, it's always a, a good time. Um, you, uh, and you didn't see it happening, but you had these like these weird ooey gooey worms that would be put, you know, put into the ears and stuff like that. Uh, I got a real Wrath of Khan uh, Star Trek, you know, two vibe. <laughs> from okay. that uh type of torture um of course the worms also reminded me of the uh the the giant worms from tremors maybe 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 uh i love how michelangelo was like hey guys you ever noticed that you know crognard episodes kind of like match up with what's going on like Mikey, you're just reading too much into it. Okay, um, that was uh, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, like the fight, the fight choreography, just all through the series, like it's getting it's getting more intense, especially when like whenever you see Leo fight uh, Shredder, mm-hmm. like it's uh, the fight. The fights are so good on this freaking show. Yeah. Um. For me, one of the best moments in this episode was when uh, they they got Raphael and used the brain control worm on him. Yep. And oh man, that that fight was so nice with freaking you know Shredder gauntlets. I was like, wow. Yeah. So I was actually going to ask you. I don't recall there being a. Leo versus Raph fight in this series yet. Yeah. Uh, and of course they had to do a mind control trope to get there, but it was great. <laughs> it was, it was amazing. That's something I definitely would have liked. I think a missed kind of an opportunity to have like, it, it very well could have been like maybe like a, a, a season finale and like Raphael was like lost, you know, kind of like the, the IDW turn. For Leo, mm-hmm. um, I think that would have been really cool for them to have done. Yeah, that 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 would have been fun. Um, and I would be lying if I if I said I didn't think about that arc when watching this. Yeah. Uh, but th- I I don't think we were gonna get a Leo versus Raph scene out outside of this one simply because the Raphael in this show. He's hot-headed, but none of his ang- his like fierce anger is directed at his brothers. Mm, I think like, he gets frustrated with them. Some of them, yeah. Like he gets frustrated with them, but he's never all like, "Screw you guys, I'm leaving." 
you know, we're not a family anymore. Like he, he never really puts his foot down. Yeah. He's still always, you know, a team player in the end. Uh, and, and other versions of the turtles, he's, he's, he's much more of a loose cannon. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, it was, it was nice for them to, 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 to shoehorn that into this. Uh, yeah. Let's see. We had we had Slash versus uh, Leatherhead, which was nice. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, liked that, it. That I liked it. Cool. Yeah, this one this it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and and, and you know I, I mentioned that it was in a controlled environment. Like the the entire big battle of this episode was in one room. Oh yeah, that was yeah, very cool. Uh, almost like a like an octagonally shaped room, or I, I don't know what it was actually shaped like, but the I, I can't help but think about the production of you know putting this together like had they had to like build out a whole section of new york city for them to fight in or a whole section of northampton or or wherever this fight takes place they wouldn't be able to put the resources into the fight itself that they were able to by putting it in such a small room with defined dimensions and very little decor, like everything was static and it was easy to work with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and all of this may just me be, may, may be me overthinking it, uh, from a production standpoint, but that that's what it seems like to me. Yeah. So another good episode, as I said, the, the, the later episodes in this, in this, in this bunch are really good. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to go ahead and, and move on to the one I really want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, meet Mondo Gecko. Oh yeah. Uh, while hanging out together, Michelangelo and Casey meet a skateboarding uh, leopard gecko mutant Mondo Gecko. Uh, while Mikey makes quick friends with the mutant, Casey is suspicious of Mondo's true intentions as he is an errand person for Mr. X, an alias of Fishface, who I don't think we've seen in a while. It was nice to see Fishface again. Yeah. This is the best episode we watched. Just, I, I, and I'm going to say by a long shot. I'm actually going to say that it has been my favorite episode. Yeah. Uh, who was it? Robbie Wrist? Yep. Yeah. Robbie Wrist played Mondo Gecko and Which go was ahead basically and played exactly like Michelangelo. <laughs> right. <laughs> but if Michelangelo was a little wimpy, mm-hmm. um, his voice was a little gravelier. Just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was perfect. The Mondo Gecko that they have in, in this episode or in this series has an energy to him. You know, it, it's, it's real easy to be like, look at this character. He's clearly a youth. He's wearing baggy pants and a backwards hat. You know, it it, it can get real cheesy real fast, right? Yeah. But I feel like the the avenue they went and the, they went hard into skate culture. Oh yeah. With his character design and his attitude and his speech patterns and and just how he carries himself. Mhm. And this isn't the first time you know, Mondo Gecko has been a skateboarder, but to show how good of a skateboarder you could be if you could stick to things is yeah. a, is that's a fun way to do this character. Right. What are your what are your thoughts on Meet Mondo Gecko? 
as you said, it was it was so much fun. Um, and yeah, it, I, I think it was this episode where, um, you know, Mondo fights Hun and he's like getting pinball kicked. Oh, yes, it is. This, that it was it was in this because I laughed out loud. Yeah. Um, we, we there's a lot that was just like packed into this. Like there's a movie, uh, there are two movies that come to mind, uh, Death Race and and Rollerball. Yep. And so it feels like they just kind of combine all of that uh, into this. Um, or um, a little bit of a Battle Creek Brawl with Jackie Chan because there was like a roller uh, derby type, uh, you know, race with cheating. Mm-hmm. Uh as well so it's a lot of fun i mean just gives like a whole bunch of like melting pot and that's what's so great about this show is there's like they combined their love of like you know uh, the showrunners combined all the stuff they love horror and you know sci-fi and all kinds of other you know crazy stuff and it works it works so incredibly well especially in the, you know the turtles world and this was by far the the I, i'm yeah i'm gonna mirror um your comments that this is this is the best episode yeah um it, it's probably like of the entire series probably top five for me oh maybe, maybe top three that's a that's a very high bar but the, yeah. you know you take it it's 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 absolutely fun and and the whole death race thing at the end was extremely surreal uh, for a few reasons the, the main reason though is it's a it's like this this death race thing where the crowd is basically the mutant cast of the show. Yeah. So mutants we haven't seen since like season one are just just sitting in the crowd watching this happen. And for them, it's normal for us. It's super weird. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was almost like they stepped into a in, like into a pocket d- dimension to have this episode because of how weird that death race stuff was, but that's fine. Like th- this show can get away with that when they execute on the like on the premise. Yeah. Um. And I and and I I even put a screenshot on a on on Instagram last night when I watched it because I, I cannot say enough good things about Robbie Wrist's portrayal of Mondo in this episode. Oh yeah. Do it's, we get more Mondo at any time? Like, is this his only? I, well, I don't want to spoil it, man. Okay, okay. But I guess that in itself is a spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he comes back. Okay, cool. Uh, we find out that his name is Jason. Yeah. So, uh, what what was it that they said? Friends don't let friends fall off buildings. <laughs> yeah. Like that's such a Michelangelo thing to say. I loved yeah. it. Yeah, that was really cool. Uh, and oh, and and also, each one of them, each one of the characters, Casey, Mikey, and Mondo, all having their own catchphrases, and Mondo's being Cowabunga. Yeah, just mwah, just perfect. Chef I kiss. It. I love it. It's like this. This is like lingo is so old school. It's like the best school. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's such such a good episode, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any anything else for 
Meet Mondo Gecko. No, I really, I really don't have anything else. Board, seeing Board Mikey is always fun. Like, oh God, what's he going to get into? He's like, hey, and then Casey's like, hey, Mikey, want to hang out? <gasps> uh, <laughs> yeah, like they, 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 they gave a proper justification for Mikey and Casey to just hang out. Yeah, that was great. Uh, yeah, just just fantastic. Let's jump into the last episode that we watched. All right. The Deadly Venom. Uh, Sounds like an awesome kung fu movie. It, right? Uh, with Karai brainwashed by Shredder's mind control serum, she begins hunting and poisoning the turtles, as well as April and Casey. Splinter teaches Leonardo a special healing mantra that can effectively counteract the potentially lethal venom of Snake Karai. I am kind of a 50-50 on this episode. Okay. Uh, I absolutely love the way, like, the character development they give Leonardo towards the end of the episode where he has to save everyone. He has to actually be a leader. He has to show that he can do, like, that, that his training has actually made him the the most ninja of all of them. Yeah. I absolutely despise this mantra crap. Of course you do. I yeah. knew that was coming. Yeah. Yeah. It just, and I guess that's just, the mysticism side of the turtles has always kind of bounced off of me. And this one bounced hard. Uh, the rest of the episode's fine. Like it's, it's, it's good to see Karai back uh, they, they use the brainwashing trope, brainwashed trope again. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. It, as I said, it's 50 50. Like there, there's some great stuff and there's some bad stuff. What are your thoughts? Like if you're going to succeed at, at, at taking all the turtles out, like there was some weight, there was some weight to all this. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know, of course, you know, everybody's going to get out of the, you know, situation they're put in you know but it, it it very much almost felt like you know and i made this comment before like like this could have been like a season you know closer yep. or like a cliffhanger or whatever i'm not a fan of season cliffhangers because <laughs> especially if the show gets canceled and then you're left like well what, no <laughs> so um it was a really creepy episode too, like with the snakes, and I was just like, Ugh. <laughs> you know. But that's something that that always has fit well with turtles is horror, and you know, Ciro's love of horror movies just it all you know shines throughout the series, and so they play it up very well. Um, yeah. There is a plot hole though, uh-oh. like uh oh. Well, well, we immediately start off with Karai back human-ish. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I mean, she's clearly not been cured of her, her mutation. Right. Completely. But I'm like, what? What? No, they established that she's a shapeshifter. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I would categorize that as a plot hole. They didn't do a very good job of uh, explaining it in this episode. I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, but yeah, she can she can shapeshift between her her snake version and her human version. 
Yeah. They, 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 they could have been explaining that rather than having us watch this mantra crap. I see how that's I was fine with that is you know, the whole Mr. Miyagi healing hand thing. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, sure. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Um, do you have any nuggets? Not really. Um, what what I hate is that we yet again end the episode with Karai disappearing. Yeah. You know, like, well, it's again, again, we're doing this again. Yeah. Well, I will say, because I already mentioned it before, like, it sounds like a, you know, the name of the episode sounds like a cool uh, kung fu film. And there is a movie from 1978 called Five Deadly Venoms. Uh-huh. So, uh, so yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a nod uh, to that movie. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, this episode was fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, it's 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 just real hard to to follow up the Mondo Gecko episode. Yeah, I will give you that. Um, I think that's it. It is. That is it. Uh, we we have we're more than halfway through with season three. Uh, I don't know if you know this. There's four full seasons of this show and then there's like a truncated tales of the turtles uh season for right season five right so we're this is probably past the halfway point of the series mm-hmm. if, if we're looking at you know episode number yeah what did you think of, of this this chunk just overall overall you know it, it's always i tell people I see so many people just arguing like, oh, well, you know, the 87 is the best or 2003 is the best. And like it's gone downhill after that. I'm like, well, you know, and they probably didn't even bother to watch anything. They probably yeah. just saw screenshots or whatever. It's the same thing for Rise. Don't sleep on this series. If you haven't watched it for whatever reason, get over it and dive in. Give stuff a chance. Watch it. Don't listen to the toxic negative opinions of others. Just just watch. And if <laughs> I I completely agree with everything you just said. If but. they are if if no, it's it's kind of a but, but it's not a but. Like if they are that person, I promise you they didn't make it this far into the episode. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> we should you know what? Cut and paste it in the front of the episode. Because uh. there is just a portion of Ninja Turtle fandom or fans that will never leave the 87 series, period. And that's it, so it's, sad. Yeah, it's it's going to be the 87 series, the you know 1990 movie and its sequels. And nothing will be good enough. Not because they care to actually experience those you know the new things that's just how nostalgia works yeah you know like it, it, it and that goes for movies that aren't ninja turtle stuff that goes goes for video games like look it's star wars is the absolute pinnacle of this example like that is the most toxic uh fandom i think period yeah yeah like star wars fans 
will not shut up about the original trilogy being the best Star Wars movies, you know, and they might be, but dismissing everything new because it's new and not those three movies completely defeats the purpose of being a fan of something. Yeah. You know, that just tells me that you're not a fan of Star Wars, or in this case, you're not a fan of Ninja Turtles. You're a fan of nostalgia. And that's fine. Admit it. Mm. Just admit it. Now, if you actually sat down, watched the, 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 the Nickelodeon show or the Rise show, and you have an honest opinion that this is not good, then I will shake your hand and say, that that's a bummer. That's a bummer that we don't agree, but you gave it an honest chance, and that is like that's what a true fan does yeah don't just give me you know if you say oh i didn't like this i'm like well why because i didn't like it well that's not a reason give me a concrete reason <laughs> I, they don't even argue. have to give a reason because because some people just aren't good at articulating why they don't like something that is true you know that but if true. but if they sit down and give it an honest chance don't sit down and say well i'm gonna hate this no it's like watch it Watch it with an open mind. If you still don't like it, that's fine. And you don't have to watch whatever that was you didn't like ever again. Yeah. yeah. And you still have the versions that you enjoy. Yeah. And and every single fandom on the planet could benefit from a healthy dose of that. Yeah. Just that. Um yeah. but we we we've we're we're at time. We got we gotta shut down this th- th- shut this down. Um, yep. What are we talking about next time? And I know you know the answer. I really don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. What's coming out next month? The first week of the month that we've been talking about constantly for the past year and a half. I don't know. You're killing me. You're absolutely killing me. ADD, it's the, man. It's the Rise movie, man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So you, yeah. you just have to, like, refresh my memory. Because <laughs> there's so much turtle stuff. That, that's true. That's I'm gonna tell you, true. San Diego was like, oh, I've, 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 I've damn, uh, dame bramage. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So shorted I guess, me out, man. Uh, be prepared. We're 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 gonna watch the movie comes out next Friday. Uh, we're gonna watch it. We may watch it together. We may not. Doesn't matter. It will be watched, and then the following week, we will cover it. We'll give you about a week to watch it. That's plenty. If you have Netflix, just hit play on it. If you don't, find a way to watch it or just, you know, listen to us for news. But that's that's what's going on next time. Uh, Jeff, until then, where and what will you be doing? Well, as always, Sergio, you can find me at the Warp Zone Arcade, uh, Burning Mississippi's premier arcade. Uh, we have weekly Smash Brothers tournaments. Um, uh, we do uh, retro game restoration on cartridge-based games and systems, uh, cleaning them, make them, you know, work like new. Um, we also have a a plethora of uh, retro games to enjoy, um, as well as well as uh, you know, new stuff um, on PlayStation Switch. Uh, we're always looking for interesting and unique games for people that, you know, uh, don't normally play uh, certain types of games. Um, so uh, 
guys come out and game with us we'd uh, we'd love to have you um and when where can we find you sergio reality breached uh the our our newest podcast reality breached live is it, it's it's chugging along you can find it on any podcast player that has uh, shellheads. So if you're listening to this, you can totally listen to that. Uh, we also do it live on Twitch every other Tuesday at 8:30 Central. Uh, that's American Central. If you're listening overseas, never mind. Uh, it's it's a it's a short one hour podcast. We talk about pop culture stuff, a lot of Marvel stuff, uh, a lot of comic book based stuff. Um, but we have a pretty diverse cast of of, of talking heads that are pretty passionate about all these topics. So check it out. Uh, I don't promise you'll like it because, you know, because, you know, as I said before, all I'm asking is for you to give it an honest try. You know, it may not be for you. That's fine. But check it out. Uh, I'm very proud of it. And so that that should go a long way, at least in my mind. But check it out. Uh, Visit realitybreach.com for all your rebreeze stuff uh that's also where you can find shellheads thank you for listening i'm sergio i'm jeff and we're shellheads Don't miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast. Visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts.